0: This is Megan, and welcome to episode two of Undressing Fashion. We are going to be speaking with our first guest speaker, Katrina Tassel. She is a good friend of ours who completed the master's course with us. She comes from a multidisciplinary background in fashion design, history, and recently psychology. She is passionate about sustainability and particularly interested in the bridge between sustainability and fashion. She aims to help the fashion industry become more sustainable through applying her psychological lens. She has recently collaborated with Caring. For those of you who do not know, they are the luxury conglomerate who owns brands such as Balenciaga, Gucci, Alexander McQueen, and others. So that's basically a really big deal. She has also collaborated with the Center for Sustainable Fashion at the London College of Fashion and is a sustainable fashion leader for the Copenhagen Youth Fashion Summit. She has a passion for health and wellness and is an Ashtanga yoga instructor in London She loves to travel and recently traveled for a year across India, Southeast Asia, and China, where she learned a lot about different perspectives and ways of living. So Kat is here today to speak with us about enclothed cognition, which describes the influence that clothes have on the wearer's psychological processes. This essentially means that we wear, that what we wear affects how we think, feel, and behave. This effect comes from both the physical experience of wearing the clothes as well as their symbolic meaning, which could be that the clothing represents a certain occasion, memory, or identifies you with a group of people. Kat uses this theory to look at the impact of sustainable fashion on our feelings and behaviors, particularly what kind of mood we are in when wearing sustainable versus non-sustainable clothing. So we realize that we keep saying this buzzword, sustainable. Well, what does that mean in the context of fashion? Sustainability in fashion is essentially concerned with being socially and environmentally responsible in the ways fashion is made, sold, marketed, and disposed of. Sustainability aims to minimize the negative impact that fashion has on people and the environment. Sustainability aims to counteract the negativity of fast fashion, such as high street shops like H&M, Zara, and Topshop. While a lot of these brands have made efforts to improve in this realm, there's a lot more work to be done. We will have another episode dedicated to sustainable and ethical fashion eventually. But we understand that many episodes such as this one will touch on it. We're going to jump right in. We're sitting here with Kat right now, and Edin's going to start the conversation.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing this, Kat. We really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, you're our guinea pig for our first episode, so this should be an interesting conversation so like first of all kind of can you just give us a summary tell us a bit about yourself and what you're really interested in
2: yeah sure so I mean people often ask I don't know how or why I got to this point and maybe it often doesn't make sense because it's kind of an untypical route um to where I am now but I think if you kind of dig a little bit deeper um my background in um first design but then second um going into history, so more academic side, and then finally now in psychology or health and well-being. um, They're all based around understanding behaviour, culture, and social context. Um, But then in regards to sustainability, so taking it away from that, I think I've always been quite connected or deeply connected throughout my childhood um, to nature or the environment, the natural world. And growing up, I kind of spent a lot of time camping or growing my own food, um, cycling, (laughs) hiking, those kinds of things. Um, So I think it kind of started um, particularly within environmental um, or within the environmental sphere realm of things and then more recently I think my experiences have extended that to the social sphere or the social spectrum so travelling across Asia um, as you mentioned in the introduction particularly in areas that are connected to the fashion industry so places like India, Vietnam, um, Indonesia um, and beginning to understand or really experience the lifestyles and the impacts firsthand um and it's really eye-opening experience and makes you realize how much work still needs to be done in this area
1: absolutely so you wouldn't say that like you kind of had one experience that's made you like super passionate about sustainability and fashion it's kind of like a culmination
2: yeah definitely a culmination both of kind of my upbringing um definitely plays a huge huge impact um, um but also then my personal experiences uh, since leaving home. And all of my academic experiences kind of come together in quite a holistic way. Um, so yeah, I kind of take from all areas of life, um, including teaching yoga and kind of working with people on an individual level um, in terms of their outlook and well-being. Um, but then also within my own research, taking that on a kind of broader spectrum. So trying to introduce ways to affect change in a, in, in a bigger way.
0: Yeah. It's always um, really interesting seeing people's backgrounds and how whatever they're doing at a p- one point in time or, like, your research, that it it really just describes you as, like, a person in a holistic way. Mm. I see that a lot when I'm talking to people. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you mentioned now that you come from a background in, in design, in mm. fashion design. Mm. Could you maybe, like, describe that in a bit more detail and kind mm.
2: of, yeah? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I kind of went into that straight after school Um so I started off doing a foundation, and my focus in that was... Could you, you just know, describe what a foundation is for our non, yeah, non-UK non <laughs> listeners? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of just, it's quite a short course, it's just one year, um, and you get the opportunity to work within all different aspects of, of creative or art and design fields. So you're kind of looking at graphic design, fashion, fine art... Um, to remember I think there's a fourth one um, but anyway and you kind of get you you divide the course up into those areas and then you focus or you specialize so I was specializing in women's wear fashion design um, and back then it was about 10 years ago now so quite a long time ago um, the concept of sustainability was actually not really on the agenda um, still quite new apart from maybe a few scandals within animal cruelty or animal rights um, so I think perhaps that's why I chose to steer away from that area, maybe. Um, at the time, it didn't seem like uh, there was anything wider or more important or that had more or greater impact that you could work on. Um, I'm sure that was, you know, I'm overlooking huge, huge areas um, and making quite sweeping statements. Um, but I think that's what led me back into, into academia or into perhaps more traditional Subjects or roles, um, and I think so. Whilst I've kind of come away from that area, I think it's really important to understand the perspectives of different industry stakeholders, including designers, but also consumers, manufacturers, um, big businesses, mm-hmm. um, to build a more kind of comprehensive or holistic uh, view of of change and how we can envisage the future of fashion. Um, and there's kind of a tendency to blame different stakeholders um, for the detrimental impacts of the fashion industry. So instead working together. So whilst I don't necessarily design anymore, um, definitely still engaging with designers and collaborating
1: um, across the spectrum. Absolutely. So you kind of take that perspective, like that design sensibility, and utilise that in kind of thinking about how to bring about the change that you're interested in in the fashion industry.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think... um, Having those creative experiences is or has played quite a strong role in finding ways to apply psychology within fashion as well. Um, obviously, it's still quite a new field, and so you're kind of creating brand new or innovative ways of exploring psychology and fashion together, um, which it does involve a lot of creative thinking, um, which is kind of key to
1: designing as well. Yeah. And so now that, like, you have, now we've all graduated this course, mm. how do you envisage yourself making that kind of change or that difference to the fashion industry? Mm. Like, what role do you think you could play? So it's it's a kind of tricky one. I think uh, we all come out feeling
2: really kind of a heightened sense of, um, I don't know, that we can kind of go and do anything, and in a way you can, because it's a it's a subject that fits into so many different areas of, of the industry. So you've got marketing, consumer insights, sustainability, research um, and development. Um, and I think I still see, I, I'm I'm quite optimistic, so I kind of, um, I see that a reworking of the whole industry is possible. Um, but the more that I invest my time um, and efforts into uh, this area, I think it's also actually quite important to make much more incremental changes um, to the current system that already exists. So, um, with that in mind, I think my role is making sustainability more accessible or more tangible, maybe, through research. Um, So, finding ways to combat behavioural mechanisms um, which hinder beliefs and actions um, relating to sustainability. Um, So, kind of underpinning strategy. With real scientific evidence, I guess. Um, so at the moment, it's much more based on personal opinions of, of individuals uh, within fashion. Um, but I think extending that to actually engage with widespread behaviors, like I said before, understanding how we can make change. So, just, yeah, just applying research to current strategy that makes it feel more possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, and one of our goals, of, like in this podcast in general, is we're all graduates of this program, and we're all kind of, we're pioneers. And so basically, we are trying to disrupt the, not disrupt, but like in a positive way, just the fashion industry and make them realize the importance of a psychological perspective.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And so that's a really great segue into kind of what we want to talk about today, which is enclosed cognition. Hmm. Um, Could you maybe give us like a a summary of what that is, what it means, yeah, the history of it? So without kind of, well,
2: aiming not to get too bogged down by the science um, behind it, but it is also quite important to understand um, exactly what it means. So I'll try and simplify as much as possible. Um, But... I mean, historically, we know um, it's quite a straightforward idea or concept that our clothing or the clothing that we wear can have huge impacts on our identities, on um, even emotions, like wearing certain things um, in certain contexts or, I mean, black for funeral, these kinds of ideas. Um, So the actual term, though, comes um, from a much more recent piece of research by Adam Galinsky in 2012. Um, And they're just showing the power and influence of clothing on a wearer's psychological processes. So you're embodying the clothing that you're wearing. Um, And they chose to represent this through a lab coat in their study. So a lab coat is obviously tied to notions of care. um, And they predicted that wearing this would increase attention-related performance. Um, So they've done kind of a huge study, and selective attention not only increased when the lab coat was worn but also when wearing the lab coat co-occurred with its association with being a doctor. So what do you mean by selective attention? So um, the way they tested it, um, is it a Stroop test? Do you remember this? Um. <laughs> I should know. I think it was a Stroop. Yeah. test. I think it
1: was a Stroop test. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, which is, again, <laughs> you're going to have to help me with that one. Um, it's with the colours? Yes, it's the one yeah. with
1: the colours. So it's yeah. essentially a test where you're presented with words in a colour, and the words are the names of colours, and so you're asked to identify the word and not the colour that it's presented in, and so it can, so you have to, like, it is that selective attention. So you have to use it, yeah. Exactly. That probably yeah, you sounds confusing. Yes, it sounds exactly. very confusing. <laughs> Just have a
2: look online if you want to try it out. There's loads and loads of examples online. Um, yeah, yeah, so Google that. Yes. Um, and it's hard for everyone, so don't be discouraged. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so drawing from that, my research was seeking to apply in cognition to understand the difference um, really between all the psychological differences between physically wearing or acknowledging whether you're wearing sustainable ethical clothing or fast fashion. Um, and my findings showed an increase in positive feelings and a decrease in negative feelings uh, when the clothing worn was acknowledged to be sustainable and vice versa when wearing fast fashion, um, which is really huge. I mean, giving compelling reason for people to change what they wear on a daily basis
1: yeah so i mean so going back to kind of just the general enclosed cognition idea like Mm. if we just i mean if we set it out basically what the research that's been done already has shown is Mm. that what you wear affects your performance on tests Mm. basically is that kind of like the general gist of it
2: yeah, um, I mean there are other studies. Um, that's the kind of the biggest one to date, um, uh, but there are other ones that are looking at colours. Um, so you've got a study by Frank and Gilovich in 1988, which is actually pre enclothed cognition, but the concept or the, the terminology hadn't been um, fixed yet. So um, there they look at wearing the colour black um, and its association with kind of death. Um, and the impact that that might have on behaviour. Um, so their findings are that professional sports teams demonstrate higher levels of aggressive behaviour when wearing black outfits in, compar- in comparison to non-black. Um, and, then, and then just a couple of years before Adam and um, another super interesting study looks at um, wearing counterfeit um, and that leading to not only feelings of inauthenticity but also translating into unethical behaviour, so lying, for example.
1: Wow, so wearing counterfeit clothing makes you more likely to lie?
2: That's what they found. Um, So they're kind of looking at uh, people taking tests. Um, This is a very, very brief overview again. (laughs) Uh, But taking tests and then um, self-reporting your scores... Um, and then throwing your paper in the bin. And those people that are wearing the counterfeit um, item of clothing or counterfeit accessory apparel... um,
1: And they knew that it was
2: counterfeit? They knew that it was counterfeit, yeah. They didn't know exactly what was being tested or anything, Um, but they're all reporting, or not all of them, but a a significant increase in reporting um, higher scores than they actually had achieved um, in comparison to people who were wearing supposedly genuine items or articles of clothing. So interesting
1: that is definitely interesting mm. I mean to think that it would that kind of what we wear would affect us our behavior so much so it's not even just kind of how you're feeling like yeah. it, it it can make you like more aggressive in a sports game or it can make you more likely to cheat or mm. I mean that's a crazy thing to think that that would have that kind of implication. I feel like you know there's there's a kind of a common sense thing of like if you're wearing maybe red you might feel more confident or something like that but to actually like have an impact on the behavior as well I feel like that's a really
2: yeah 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 it's massive
1: um yeah and it and it kind of
2: goes to show you know the daily act of getting dressed uh seems quite mundane but actually there are so many factors that not only go into just us deciding what we're going to wear but also then the effect of that throughout the rest of the day um both on how others perceive you and how others interact with you, but also in the self.
1: Yeah, and, like, what you end up doing during the day. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's also, like, when I get up in the morning, if I decide to put on just, like, let's say I'm going somewhere, let's say I'm going to interview, like, a really nice suit or dress, I do feel more confident. And I think it does affect my behavior, as opposed to if I wake up and I'm too lazy and I don't want to do my hair and you don't you feel less confident and it's true we know that like self esteem affects behavior yeah so everything's so interconnected and absolutely. people say like clothing doesn't matter the way you dress doesn't matter and yeah people are allowed to do whatever wear whatever they want or be whoever they are but you can't say it does not have an effect right absolutely and mm-hmm. this is research that is kind of acknowledging how a lot of us have felt
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, so now to go back to your research specifically, mm. like, so you were looking at the impact of sustain, like, wearing sustainable or non sustainable clothing on your emotions. Yeah. Is that right?
2: Um, so it was looking at different aspects of subjective well being initially. Um, the only significant difference was found with positive and negative effects. So basically, an easy translation is just positive and negative feelings. So things like happiness, sadness um, at a base level. Um, I think in the future there could be you know, further studies looking at different psychological constructs, um, self-esteem, all of these kinds of things, and not just relating to sustainability, but you know, all, all other kinds of clothing, subcultures, um, lots and lots of interesting stuff to be done.
1: So what would you say like the main implication is of your findings? Um, so understanding how we
2: feel um, is really important within this field um, of fashion and sustainability. Um, so given the kind of complex interplay of, of psychological processes which prevent people or individuals and groups from acting sustainability um, or sustainably, sorry. Uh, And uh, the industry has obviously been highlighted for having a hugely detrimental environmental um, and social and economic footprint Um, and the growth of fast fashion. um, Well, there's a a slow uptake of ethical alternatives. So we need to find new and more engaging ways to encourage an increase in people interacting with um, new brands, sustainable brands or secondhand um, different ways of consuming and wearing clothing. Um, So the results of this study could be used to show fashion consumers um, the detrimental impacts of purchasing unsustainable clothing, um, that they extend beyond the environmental and social realm to include the self.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, basically, you know, if, if we could show consumers that it doesn't only, like, wearing these kinds of unsustainable clothing... Doesn't only have an impact on other people and on the environment, but on them as well. Yeah. That, like, if they're aware of the fact that they, you know, bought something at a fast fashion chain that they're not proud of, but they just, it was a good price and they liked the item, yeah. that that could actually be affecting their own mood levels yeah. and the way that they feel about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think self-interests um,
2: are potentially, well, it has been found, but, um, but they're potentially a more effective tool to encourage behavior change than more impersonal calls to action um so it could help sustainability and fashion to become kind of more of a personal endeavor um with consequences yeah like we said to the self um so a renewed sense that individual action can affect change um rather than looking at, at groups of people or more people so it's just it's yeah just your own action and what you do what you wear
0: yeah
1: megan you wanted to say something
0: Um, basically I was just going to add to the conversation and say that when I was in Paris last weekend, I bought this dress that is, it was, it was a pretty nice dress, but it's called upcycling Mm -hmm. and they basically take the, the waste or like just the extra material from like Louis Vuitton and just like any of the big brands. I think it's mostly Parisian brands and I'll show you it later, (laughs) but uh, what they do is so the and they make these like beautiful dresses and coats and pants. And I actually I felt great that I was buying something nice out of waste. Yeah. Because we all read about what has happened in the industry and how millions of dollars in extra material is just burnt at the yeah. end of the year. Even though, I mean, we're trying to combat this. And so I think it is true, the fact that I haven't worn the dress yet. But when I wear it, I do think I'm going to feel more ethical than I... Unfortunately, might actually be when I.
1: Yeah, you're gonna feel. Because I do. Yeah,
0: still use a lot of fast fashion. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: all do. I mean, Um, you'll feel like good about yourself, you'll feel proud of yourself, like you've done a good deed. And yeah, absolutely. You can really. I mean, but then that like brings me to like another point now. If we are saying, okay, you know, that that actually just makes a lot of sense. That, you know, if we're doing something that we believe is a good thing, of course we're going to feel better about ourselves. Yeah. What is? Why do you think it is important that we are studying this within an academic setting and giving it a fancy name and, like, calling it enclosed cognition and making it, like, a psychological term? What yeah, it, does psychology so bring to the
2: conversation? I think it just makes the whole topic discussion around... of these issues a lot more compelling Um, so people are much more inclined to believe something that is evidenced by science Um, so yeah I think it's instead of it just being a kind of like I was saying earlier like the the opinions of individuals or vague sweeping statements that have no backing um, this is actually finding um, that these differences changes behavioral elements and components really do exist
1: um, so, yeah. Um, cool. And then, so, I mean, kind of where do you see this all going next? For me
2: personally? Or yeah, for, for you personally and for or? sustainability.
1: <laughs> um,
2: so I'm, I'm super optimistic about the future. Um, I think sustainability, like I said 10 years ago when I was doing design, um, was kind of just, just in the beginnings, maybe um, barely even that. Um, so... It's definitely becoming bigger, being more talked about, um, much more high profile you know, documentaries, um, engaging with the topics. Um, so I think people are kind of beginning to understand um, the implications of all of these things. But like I said, there's still also a long way to go. So, um, and I think having the kind of courses like the MSC that, that we all did um, will help in some way to begin to... um, Which is a master's for your non-UK students. Yeah, master's, (laughs) master's of science. Um, Yeah, it it begins the conversation, um, and as we were just saying, in a more kind of scientifically rigorous way. So helping to bring together kind of academia, fashion, um, education, all of these different components, collaborating,
0: making a more solid foundation to build on. Yeah, and just like... Kind of to build off or echo from what what you said. Basically, what we said in our first episode is like, we want to get past the fluff because there are tons of articles on sustainability that aren't based off anything. And even though intuition is valid, we want to bring in like the science and the psychology behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so so much. much
1: that was a really interesting conversation and I feel like it was a really great first foray into the intersection between psychology and fashion because it essentially describes in clothes cognition essentially describes how what we wear affects how we feel and think and how we behave which is kind of the crux of what we want to get at
0: and how cool is it that research is reflecting like our everyday reality absolutely because a lot of people as i s- touched on in like the first episode they say fashion just is right fashion that's not true like yeah
1: it it interacts with us we interact with it and it interacts with us and it
0: has an actual effect on us and it yeah fashion does not exist in a vacuum absolutely and there are reasons to dig deeper um and also how we're saying the imp- It was so interesting to hear her implications that ethical fashion has on us personally.
1: Absolutely. I mean, kind of the the implications for the ways that the fashion industry can improve and be improved on, that kind of, we all have that selfish thing of, well, if it makes me feel better, then maybe I'll do it more often. But it could actually be a really useful tactic for marketers and fashion um, companies to use to kind of inform people about fashion and try to guilt trip them into wearing ethical fashion, sustainable fashion.
0: Especially if it's going to make you feel better. Like, yeah. when I think about it, what does everyone really want? People want to be happy. They want to feel good. So if we're consuming a ton and we're assuming that consumption is, I guess, breeding happiness, which is clearly there have been so many studies against that, but which we could talk about another time, yeah. but the fact that if you consume ethically or you're just mindful and the whole mindfulness just revolution has been going on teaches us so much like if you're mindful with what you buy and what you dispose of absolutely I mean you know it's that thing
1: of if you do something good you get that positive feedback and then it makes you want to do it again you know kind of Like, if you're doing a good deed, if you're volunteering, if you're helping out other people, like, you feel really good about doing that because you get that, like, positive feedback from other people and from within yourself, you feel proud of what you've done. And then that makes you want to do it again. And I guess it's the same thing with ethical fashion.
0: And I think that's something to say a lot about millennials. I feel like we, as a generation, are just really trying to give back. And you can see with companies the way that they have all these sustainable departments, because we want to feel good. And I think previous generations were more concerned, no offense to them, I mean, it was of the times and necessary, but it was more just about making the money so that you could have the nice home and support your family. And now it's more like, I don't just want to make money. I want to do something that is going to make me feel good and others feel good. Absolutely. And so one thing I did want to say was, um, basically, we're not trying to judge or shame anyone here. We know I am a consumer of fast fashion. I, I do yeah, love Zara too. and yeah. Topshop. But we're just trying to raise awareness for us and for others that there are little steps that you can do to partake in this movement. And
1: Yeah, I mean... It doesn't even have to be that you stop sh- shopping at like Zara, H and M, Mango, Topshop, whatever it is that whatever store that you like. It's rather that you're doing it mindfully. So maybe you're purchasing less often. Maybe you're wearing the clothes more frequently. So you're not just wearing it three times and then throwing it away. You're you know getting proper use out of the items. And then maybe when they're breaking or tearing or whatever it might be because they're not such great quality, instead of just throwing it away, maybe you're learning how to sew. Maybe you're asking your grandmother, like, how can I, like, you know, finding out those old
0: tools. I've currently taken up knitting so I can make my own.
1: There we go. (laughs) My own scarf, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you can fix things as opposed to just throwing them away um, and really getting good use out of your clothes instead of feeling like, you need to be on top of all the new trends and changing up your wardrobe, or maybe you're thinking about renting clothes. That's a really yeah. interesting new thing that a lot of companies and brands are starting. Or to Or upcycling, on top of. like what I up-cycling. was talking about earlier. Exactly. Like there are so many different things that we can think about, um, and you know we're living in an interesting time where that is starting to become easier. Um, it's still not as easy as it should be to consume ethically and sustainably. But I feel like there have been, you know, the industry has come
0: leaps and bounds just in the last few years. And we are not at all advocating to take out like couture or, or luxury fashion brands. We absolutely love them as well. But we, we are can't ju-
1: afford to buy them, <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> yes. But
0: overall, we are just advocating for a more sustainable environment within them. Absolutely. So... Yeah. Yeah. And the main takeaway, I think, from this is just kind of thinking a little bit about what you wear and how it does impact your actions and your thoughts. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, and, you know, taking that away into, like, the little things that you do, you know, dressing up for a job interview or... You know, people always say, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. You know, you could always... I don't know, it, like, it has such... This, this kind of research has such implications for kind of styling tips and the, making people feel better about themselves and, um, yeah, just th- thinking carefully about, you know, how you present yourself to the world because it's not only other people that you're going to have an impact on in that sense of how they think of you, but also about how
0: you think of yourself. Yeah, and I think people think less about how you think of yourself. They think more about the perception they're portraying exactly so that's what's really really interesting well anyways guys we are going to end this episode but we want to thank cat again for coming and joining in with us and we we can attest we just want to say that we can attest that cat lives and breathes sustainability in her in her professional and personal realm in life and we cannot wait to see what changes she will bring to the industry so thanks for listening in we would love to hear from you you can find us on instagram our page is at undressing fashion And thanks for getting undressed with us. Bye for now. From Megan and Eden.